Come on, everybody. It's good to be at Elevation tonight. All right, let's shut it down. Hey, how is everybody? I'm going to need more from y'all tonight. I know, I, know it's, I know it's Sunday, Monday is coming, but it's still the weekend, amen? Praise God. Hey, I, I, have a, uh, I just want to encourage you with something. We're talking about God's grace tonight. And I wrestled with not sharing about this because I figured it was too elementary, uh, like it was it was too soft. I wanted to come with a little bit more, uh, like most believers know about God's grace. How many of y'all have heard of God's grace before? Uh, well, tonight I'm believing God's going to reveal something new through the grace of God to us tonight uh, that we can walk confidently and more whole uh, out of this room. But as I was praying today, uh, I got a picture. I was at uh, Toad Suck at the dam. I like to sit up top where the park is and like, really, it's, there's no water there right now. So I don't know why I'd still go there, but <laughs> uh, normally it's like peaceful and nice. Um, but I was parked underneath the shade and I feel like the Lord gave me a word and I'm going to read a little bit out of Psalm 91, if I can remember. How many of you highlight in your mobile Bible and then try to look it up in the paper Bible? Y'all ever done that? And you're like, is that same verse still in here? <laughs> uh, give me a second. You ready? Okay, in verse nine, come on. It says, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the most high, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. And I'm gonna skip down. Verse 14, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. This is God talking about us. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I was parked underneath the shade. And for a lot of us, uh, the word that I got was, we can rest in the shade, but we won't know to run to the shade unless, unless we've experienced it. And what I mean by that is, for some of us, I'm believing this semester will be a shade tree moment for you in your relationship with God. And what that means is a lot of us, how many of you felt the summer heats of Arkansas or wherever you were? It was warm. Um, the shade is refreshing. The shade is nice. It's cool. It's a break from the elements. But if there were no shade, you would left to be exposed to everything around you. The heat, the rays, you would be sunburned, some of you more than others. But you don't know how good the shade is until you're in the shade. And I, I'm believing for many of you this semester, you will know a new level in God because you will rest, you will know him, you will, you will be satisfied in him. It says, because he holds fast to me, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. He knows who I am. Because you draw near, he's gonna protect you. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him or her in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy. Meaning our eternal life. Some of y'all may not live that long, sorry. You ain't gonna be 150. <laughs> but you're gonna have an eternal life, you know what I'm saying? In Jesus Christ, for those who call on him. And it says, and show him my salvation. I just wanna pray a blessing over us that this year would be, how many of y'all are believing for yourself that this be your best semester in your relationship with God. 
If not, that's okay. We got some room to grow. That's okay, me too. But I'm believing it for me and for you. Our leaders have been praying. Our leaders have been believing. Our leaders have been dreaming and figuring out how do we help people grow? How do we help love our students, the people who call Conway, NLC Conway home? Maybe for some of you, you don't. But how do we help you grow in your relationship with God? I'm gonna pray a blessing over us today. God, I pray for our students right now. God, whoever this word is for, Lord, I know it's for me. Lord, let us rest in your presence this year. Let us not be so fixed on accomplishing the God things that we try to check off, but Lord, resting in the presence of God. Lord, whether that be waking early or staying up late or running to the word when we normally turn on Netflix or instead of calling mom or friends, Lord, we call on the Lord first. Lord, this year will be a year where we trust you more. This year will be a year where we're, where we're stretched and it's gonna hurt We're going to be challenged. It's going to be hard. But Lord, I'm believing this room will be a room full of strengthened, mature Christ followers who are known because of you, who are loved because of you, and our fruit will identify us in the communities we walk into. You're good. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody just say amen. Amen. Come on. Hey, thank you for letting me share that word. Uh, Hopefully it was encouraging. Thank you, Cam. Come on, Cam. Cam Connor, everybody. Some of you are like, who is that man? I don't know who I'm clapping for. (laughs) Thank you for still clapping for him. Hey, my name is Justin Free. Uh, My wife is Emily. Is she still here? She's not. We have one month. One month. (laughs) We have a brand new baby that's a year old. Uh, actually, let's just show a picture. It's a good time just to take your mind off of that. Yeah, everyone always asks me why his shoe game is better than mine. Because I'm the third in line to get new shoes. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's Denver, it's Emily, and then it's me. And so uh, normally it doesn't get that far, but that's where we're at. But uh, I, I have been on staff here for uh, now 12 years, 11 or 12 years. Uh, five, this is our fifth school year uh, pastoring Elevation. So it's been an honor. Uh, for many of you, this is the first time. So you're like, well, I don't care about that. Uh, that's okay. Uh, I've, been, <laughs> I've been here before. Some of y'all have been here four or five years and you're like, we've been here the whole time. Yes. Uh, but hey, it is good. What, whether you're here first semester, whether you've been here four years, five years, uh, it's been an honor. Uh, and we consider it an honor, many of us, to get to pastor this age group at this church uh, and I'll, I'll just be upfront with you. We're going to make mistakes as leaders, as pastors. We're going we're gonna to maybe say things that are incorrect. We're hopefully going to teach the word uh, in truth, and you're going to be able to trust us, and that's what we aim to do. Uh, but I just want to, as your pastor, just let you know, we will make mistakes. We will not try to fail you, but when we do, have grace for us in that season. Uh, and just come up to us, talk to us if there's anything that we ever do. I just want to set that on the table before anything this year happens. I want you to know I'm a human. We make mistakes, our team makes mistakes, and so if there's an expectation you have that you want us to know, just come tell us. We want to know. But we're going to do our best to love you with all that we've got, okay? So let's dive into the Word. Are you ready? Turn to Acts 15. If you, do, if you want to turn your Bible, it's going to be up on the screen. I'm going to share a quick story with you real quick. Uh, how many of you have ever, so we spent a, a little bit of our summer remodeling our house. How many of y'all ever been a part of a remodel at all? Maybe your parents have done it. Maybe a few of you probably have never done it, but 
Okay, so let's just take, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you an example, the toilet, okay? I know we're jumping in deep here, I'm sorry. This is, uh, this is first day. Uh, but let's say, in order to finish the bathroom, you need several things, one of which is a toilet, obviously. And so you know you need it, and we went and bought one, but there's still this unknown area of like, what do I do with it? You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't just buy it and put it on the floor and it's good. You're gonna quickly find out that you gotta do something else. And so where do y'all run to if you find out you need help on something you have no clue about? Where do you go? That's exactly right, my people, my people. So you spend several hours on YouTube. All, maybe you got your favorite person. So what I do is I figure out how to fix it. So there's several things in our life, and I'm gonna name just a few, just to help set this topic up, that we, ha- we, that we need, that we have a hold of, but we, have, we, we don't have all the information we need about it. So take your car, for instance. How many of you have a car? I don't mean to call you out if you don't. That, that was on me. Uh, so you have a car. I didn't realize your calipers, how many of you know what a caliper is? Four, okay, that's pretty good. Uh, I had no idea what those were until I changed my brakes. I still don't know what they do. I just tried not to mess it up because <laughs> I'd have had to Google that and YouTube that as well. But there's certain things in my car. I love that it works. I need it, but I don't know what that does. Uh, air. How many of you breathe daily? Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so we know we need it. We've got the air, but there's parts of it I just don't understand. I don't know how my body does what it does. I just know I inhale, exhale, and so far I've been good. Like, I've made it, <laughs> I've been good at it. I don't know how I learned, but we're here. God's grace is the same way. I need it, I have it, but I don't think I fully comprehend what it is. Do y'all feel me? Like, it's, there's, there's parts of God's grace that I know it's deeper than what I understand. I know I need it. I'm thankful to God that I've got it but what do I have? And I think for tonight, what we're gonna spend a little bit of our time doing the next 10 minutes or so, is we're gonna dive into what is God's grace. Uh, And I wanted to do something a little bit more heavy and like different, but I kept coming back to this. So I know God has something for all of us in this message, are y'all ready? So let's just start with the definition. Robert Morris, is a teacher in Dallas. And he probably, after all the research, the Google searches, the definition searches, I don't know what you would call it. Uh, this is the best definition that I've seen. It says, God's grace is the unmerited, undeserved, unearned kindness and favor of God. The way I would say it, to dumb it down, is just because. God's grace is just because we chose him. God's grace is just because he loves me. God's grace is all-encompassing. We're gonna talk through more of that in a second. But just because I have God's grace. And for a lot of us, because we don't fully comprehend what it is or why we have it or to what extent we have it, it's hard for me to understand it. So let's dive in. There's no part of our life that doesn't include God's grace. Let me give you an example. I came to college, went to CBC, graduated Cabot High. Any Panthers in the house? I met one, two. Okay, thank you, boys. It's glad to be here. Uh, three, yes, come on, come on. Come on, boys and girls, okay. <laughs> uh, 
I went to Cabot High. I graduated. I played high school baseball. Um, I came to Conway because I wanted to play baseball. How many of y'all have made decisions like that for school? Like, I had a degree plan. They've got it. I'm going to go there. God's grace has been on your life. You ended up in Conway. You think because of your school plans, but God's got other plans for you. I showed up in Conway, played baseball for two years. Uh, I went to a Christian college just because I got a baby scholarship. And when I mean baby, it was baby. But it, can, it allowed me to play. But I wanted to play professional, and so that was my only option. I never played professional, just to break it to you. I know, you're, I know you were wondering, did he ever go? Uh, I did not play professional baseball. Um, but I ended up at CBC, and a, a semester after that, I ended up at New Life Church in one of my best friend's life groups, Andy Morris. And that's how I got plugged into New Life Church. One of the baseball guys went to New Life and ended up taking me to his life group where I started to learn more about God. What I went to, baseball, God used to get me into what ultimately my passions and purpose would be in my life in serving and loving God's people through the church. I didn't know that going in. I worked at First Security Bank, and I was like, man, I guess Teller's it. I guess this is my calling. I made it. God had more. So if you're a teller, God's got more for you. <laughs> what am I doing? Okay, we gotta go. All through, and I, ultimately I'm married. I found my wife here at this church. I have a son. No part of my life can I look back on. The relationships I was in, the school I went to, the jobs that I had that prepared me for where I'm at now. God's grace is in every single season of my life. And it's not easy for you to see it right now because you're in it. You're in those seasons that you now get to, get to take the step in. Your parents are not doing it for you, you're doing it. And so in a few years, you're gonna look back on it and be like, man, I'm thankful that relationship did or did not work out. I'm thankful God brought me to Conway because now I'm blank. God's grace is in every single part of our life. Point number one, God's grace saved me. Acts 15, 11. But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus. How many of you remember, don't raise your hands on this, how many of you remember when you first got saved? Y'all just disobeyed. I said, do not raise your hand. I'm kidding. How many of you can remember though? Think back to that time. What was it, what was it like for you? I, for me, I just walked into community. I loved the community I was with. And that ultimately led to a deeper understanding of who God was, his love for me. And I made a decision based off of that. I want more of what God has for me. For some of you, it's been a rock bottom moment. You've, you've hit this point of your life and you've been like, man, I have nowhere else to go. Regardless of where you find yourself, God's grace is in the midst of that decision. God's grace saves you. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. God saved you by his grace when you believed in him. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. That's what we have a hard time understanding. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. Romans 3, 24. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. Don't you wish it was just easier to like, man, I did good today, so I'm good in God's eyes. You know, y'all feel me? Like, I'm just a checklist kind of guy. I'm like, I know I served my wife. I made her coffee in the morning. She's gonna be happy. You know what I mean? I wish it was like that in our relationship with God, but it's not. It's hard for us to understand 
God's grace and his love are free to us. And regardless of how we do, it's still for us. God's grace never ends. Point number two. How many of you have been on vacation? How many went to vacation this summer? Praise God. What's the worst part of vacation? The end of it. I'm telling you, every time. It could be a two-day or a seven-day. The end is always the worst. This is what it's like. In, I used to have a mentality in my walk with God that God's grace was like, a, was like a jar that was filled up. Every time I tapped into the jar or God poured some out for me, it'd be like, man, I only got some left, so I better not mess it up too bad tomorrow. God's grace never ends. John 1.16, for from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. <laughs> I will not sing it. How many of y'all remember that new life song? Okay. I'll have the team lead us later. And y'all, I'm not, I told production I was not singing it. You look at the Israelites. From the moment in Exodus where there are slaves in Egypt, God said, I'm going to set you free. So they are set free. They find themselves crossing the, uh, the Red Sea. They're in the wilderness. A couple of the guys, spies go in. They're like, oh, those dudes are big. We don't want to go. And so they're like, sit in the wilderness for 40 years. Y'all remember that story? God's grace brought them out of Egypt. God's grace ultimately ended up getting them across the Jordan with, with uh, what's his name? Joshua. Joshua, yeah, my boy Josh. Josh took him over. And then battle after battle, win after loss, God, God gave them provision and his grace ended up leading them through the battles that they would win, ultimately giving them resources and things that they would need. And ultimately leading all the way up through all the kings in the Old Testament, kings that were bad, kings that were good, their grace ended up, God's grace ended up bringing them out of that to Jesus arriving in the New Testament and Jesus paying the penalty for their sins once and for all. Because ultimately we go back and forth. We're good some days, we're bad some days. God's grace is steady and consistent. God's, God's grace never ends for us. Point number three, God's grace empowers me. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Everybody say, God's grace is sufficient for me. For my power is made perfect in weakness. 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Just like the air in my lungs and the gas in my car, I need the grace of God in my life to continue moving. And then lastly, point number four. We're about to go into some worship. God's grace completely forgives me. I want to spend a second here because... Summer can a lot of times leave us feeling one of two ways. And most of you will probably be able to relate with one of these. It leaves you feeling confident and strong in your relationship with God because you feel like you aced this summer. You feel like you, you, feel like you spent time with God. You feel like you took advantage of the downtime or maybe some of the margin that you had because classes were not in. Maybe you took a break from your job or maybe some of you spent it at a camp and you served your entire summer, and you're feeling incredible. 
But then there's another group of people in here that probably feel guilty or maybe even some shame because, man, I missed it. I didn't do what I thought I could do. I didn't wake up and get into the word. I turned on the TV as soon as I got up. And man, I just missed a lot of opportunity. And for a tendency of ours is to feel like, man, I can't go back and fix it. God's grace completely forgives you. And I want you to know that you're in the same place that the person who aced it is all summer long. Because our, our good works and our, our, our God things that we do don't make us any better than the things that we do not do in God. And today we have an opportunity to say, God, I'm where I'm at or I'm not. And I'm making the step to say, today, I'm gonna seek you. Because regardless if you're on mountaintop or in the valley in your relationship with God, God's grace is what's sufficient and what carries both. So whether you feel like you're good, God's grace should humble you. Because you're not that great. You did good in your disciplines and I'm proud of you. But God's grace is still what you need. And for those who find themselves feeling guilty or maybe even regretting some of the decisions you made this, this summer, God's grace is sufficient for you. Ephesians 1, 7 and 8 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. We have redemption through Christ and his sacrifice, through the forgiveness of his sins in my life, and in accordance through not my works, but God's riches in his grace. I'm gonna use one last illustration. There's a story of a, of a, a father's son. They're called Team Hoyt. And the son, uh, his name was Rick, and his father's name was Richard. The father had, he didn't give birth to his son, his wife did, but you understand it. <laughs> I almost messed up. <laughs> Rick was born with cerebral, cerebral palsy because he, his uh, umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck when he was born. And so basically he, the part of his brain that controls his speech did not work. And so all the way through his life, he felt disabled, as you can imagine. He ended up going to college, and during his college stint, he helped invent the machine that you look at, you eyeball the letter, and you press it with your head, and that ends up speaking for you because you cannot speak yourself. He ended up working at this university. Somewhere along that line, somebody on the lacrosse team at that college, Boston College, uh, Boston University, sorry, they, something happened to them, and there was a charity race that happened. Again, this guy's, he can't walk, he can't talk, he can't do anything. So he goes to his dad, Richard, and says, hey, will you run this race with me? Which means, will you run this race for me? And so his dad agrees to it. He's never trained, he's never done anything. And so his dad prepares, he trains, and ultimately he ends up running, here's some stats. Team Hoyt ran 257 triathlons. 257 and 72 marathons, along with many other races. Like, they, they got recognized by ESPN about eight years ago. The dad passed away, I think, two or three years ago. But this man, the dad, 
has to do everything for the son. There's nothing the son can do except just be. And so you can cycle through and there's some other photos. He ended up swimming. I don't know if this is, so this is one of the photos of him with the race. So he got put on this wheelchair that ultimately was designed for the race, but his dad would run it for him. This is at the end of the swim. He would carry him to the bike, put him in the bike and they would bike together. And then at the end of the bike portion, they would get on that wheel, uh, wheelchair and he would push him. And then this is how they would swim at the start of the triathlon. For me, I think God's grace is giving me the ability to be able to run. Giving me the ability to get up, be healed, and go, go about my day. But I'm telling you, God's grace is like this father. It's, I'm doing nothing. In my own strength, comparably, I'm just like the boy in the boat. God's grace is what carries me. It supports me. It sustains me. It, it does what I cannot do. It picks me up and puts me where I need to be. That's God's grace. And it's a, it's a daily remembering of, because in our, our, in our humanity, in our, in our flesh, we tend to think we've got it. But we're here where you are and where I am because of God's grace. As good as we've been, it's not good enough. But God's grace. As bad as we've been, it's not bad enough because of God's grace. I just want to pray for us tonight.